0: Hey y'all, Eves here. We're doubling up today with two events in history. On with the show. Hi, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers history one day at a time. The day was May 12th, 1910, Dorothy Hodgkin was born Dorothy Mary Crowfoot in Cairo, Egypt, to Grace Mary Crowfoot and John Winter Crowfoot. Hodgkin would go on to become a Nobel Prize-winning chemist and dedicated humanitarian. Dorothy had three sisters, all younger than her. When the First World War broke out in 1914, Dorothy and her siblings went to England, where they lived in the care of a caretaker and their paternal grandparents. Her parents worked in North Africa and the Middle East in education and archaeology. Though they lived and worked abroad, they would visit their family in England every year. Around the age of 10, Dorothy became interested in chemistry and crystals. One of her father's friends, Dr. A.F. Joseph, encouraged this interest by giving her chemicals and helped her analyze minerals. When she was a teenager, her mother gave her the book Concerning the Nature of Things by William Henry Bragg, in which the author discussed seeing individual atoms and molecules using X-rays. Dorothy was intrigued. While she attended the Sir John Lehman School at Beckles in England, she and another student named Nora were allowed to take chemistry classes, which were normally only for boys. Dorothy's early enthusiasm for chemistry would turn into a lifelong profession and passion. After brushing up on Latin and botany, Dorothy got into Oxford University. From 1928 to 1932, Dorothy went to Somerville College, Oxford, earning a first-class honors degree in chemistry. While she was at Somerville, she decided to work on X-ray crystallography. She would crystallize substances, shoot X-rays at them, and study the way X-rays diffracted off of the crystals. After she graduated from Somerville, Dorothy moved on to get her doctorate at Cambridge University, where she did research in the Department of Mineralogy with British physicist John Desmond Bernal. In that lab, Dorothy studied sterols, which are solid steroid alcohols, and the X-ray diffraction of pepsin, the enzyme in gastric juice that breaks down proteins into polypeptides. She went back to Somerville in 1934 after the college gave her a research fellowship. And in 1936, she was awarded a permanent fellowship at Somerville College. She got her PhD in 1937. That same year, Dorothy married historian Thomas Hodgkin. The couple had three children together. But Dorothy Hodgkin is most known for her work with penicillin, insulin, and vitamin B12. In 1946, she and her graduate student, Barbara Lowe, figured out the structure of penicillin, notably using one of the first IBM analog computers to help with the analysis. This helped manufacturers create semi-synthetic penicillin. Hodgkin and a team of researchers published the structure of B12 in 1957. In 1964, Hodgkin won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry for her, quote, Determinations by X-ray Techniques of the Structures of Important Biochemical Substances. The next year, she received Britain's Order of Merit, which recognizes people for their service in science, literature, and other fields. And by 1969, when X-ray diffraction and high-speed computing had advanced to the point where she needed it to be, Hodgkin and a team of researchers discovered the structure of insulin. In 1977, Hodgkin retired from her Wolfson Research Professorship, which she had obtained in 1960 but outside of her scientific work, she was also involved in various organizations and social activism. She was the president of the British Association for the Advancement of Science for a year and the chancellor of Bristol University for nearly two decades. She also spoke out against nuclear weapons and the Vietnam War and was president of the Pugwash Conferences on Science and World Affairs, an international organization that aims to find solutions in global security, reduce armed conflict, and promote policy development. Her work with peace organizations did get her in trouble sometimes. Because of her affiliation with the communist-friendly group Science for Peace, Hodgkin had been denied a visa to the U.S. in 1953, only to be allowed into the country later with special permission and to finally have her visa restriction lifted in 1990. In 1987, Hodgkin was awarded the Order of Lenin, which was given for achievements in art, research, technology, or economics, and was the highest civilian award in the Soviet Union. Hodgkin had been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when she was in her 20s, but in her later years, her medical condition interfered with her ability to work. Dorothy Hodgkin died in 1994 after having a stroke. Her work in understanding the structure of biological molecules had a major effect on biochemistry and modern medicine. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And here's one more fun fact. Hodgkin was former UK Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher's tutor in chemistry at Somerville College and the two stayed friends throughout their lives. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Podcast. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you here tomorrow. Hello, everyone. I'm Eves, and welcome to the Sand History Class, a podcast that brings the past to the present. The day was May 12, 1941. German civil engineer and inventor Konrad Zuse unveiled the first fully functional programmable computer, the Z3. Susa worked in Nazi Germany during World War II and his work wasn't widely known outside of Germany until after the war. Susa got his degree in civil engineering in Germany in 1935. Once he graduated, he began working at the Henschel Aircraft Factory. There, human computers with desk-calculating machines performed all the calculations necessary for work. Sousa became interested in designing a programmable mechanical calculator for engineers, and he began working on his own time to build one. He called his first attempt at a mechanical computer, the V1, later renamed the Z1. He built the Z1 in his parents' home, using metal plates, pins, and discarded movie film. His former classmate, Helmut Schreier, helped him build the computer, which was completed in 1938. Strayer was a member of the Nazi party. Sousa was not a Nazi party member, but he also has not been documented opposing working for the Nazi war effort. The Z1 was completely mechanical and binary. It could compute addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division, but it was pretty slow and unreliable. In 1939, when World War II broke out, Sousa was drafted into the infantry, but he was allowed to keep working on his machines. He soon built his next prototype machine, the Z2. It had mechanical memory like the Z1, but it used electrical relays. The Z3, though, improved on the Z2 machine. The German government-supported German Research Institute for Aviation partially funded the computer. The Z3 was built with telephone relays. On top of the four arithmetic operations, the Z3 could also compute the square root of a number. It was able to work with infinite numbers, and it was more reliable than the previous machines, since it could work for hours without mechanical parts getting stuck. The Z3 read its programs off of punched film. On May 12, 1941, Sousa presented the computer to the public in Berlin. The Z3 was used to help calculate aerodynamics in aircraft design. Though the government gave Sousa some support, it denied funding for some of his research when they deemed it unimportant. In the early 1940s, British codebreakers were developing the Colossus Mark I, which was a different computer designed to decipher the messages Nazis sent during World War II. The Mark I was a general purpose electromechanical computer conceived by Howard Aiken and designed and built by IBM in the US. It was also developed in the early 1940s. But the Z3 is considered to be the world's first programmable, fully automatic computer. The Z4, the first commercial digital computer, was the next machine in the series. Sousa sold an option on his patent rights to IBM, but the sale was never completed. He continued to work on computers, wrote the programming language Planckalkul, and later received several awards for his work. But his work was not widely recognized outside of Germany until the 1960s, and his early machines did not have much of an influence on the field of computing. The Z1 and Z3 were destroyed in World War II, but in the 1960s, Sousa and other engineers in his company built a reconstruction of the Z3. Sousa's legacy as an inventor in the history of computers is now more recognized than it was in the past, but it carries the weight of affiliation with Nazi Germany during World War II. I'm Yves Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. If you prefer social media, you can hit us up or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.